0: Amen. Thank you, Lotters. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We don't like to be told no, do we? That's, a, that's one thing that can get under our skin a little bit faster than most things, being told no. Um, may have fond memories of your mother telling you... Um, different things that you can't do. I, I remember my mom telling me, you can't get up until you finish your food. You can't get out of your seat until you finish your food. And that, that was a good thing for me, um, because now to this day, I finish my food. Don't, don't leave things on my plate. Um, but at the time, I didn't enjoy it very much. I didn't enjoy that mandate from my mother, you can't get out of your seat until you finish your food. Um, some of you have heard that one before as well. Um, maybe you've heard, you may not touch the stove, or you may not chase balls across the street, or you may not eat all the chocolate chip cookies. I still hear that one every once in a while. Just kidding. Um, but there, there are a lot of no's that we run into, a lot of you cannot do this that we run into on a regular basis. Why? Why? Why do we have no's? Why do we have you may not do this? What what is the reason for that? Uh, we're going to be looking at the knots of Proverbs three. Okay, not just not not like tying a knot, not K N O T, but N O T. The knots of Proverbs chapter three, um, and the reason, as we're going to see from this chapter, is uh, it's our protection. God gives us a lot of no's in his word, and sometimes we begrudge them. Sometimes it doesn't seem to be what we want to hear, um, but they are there for our protection, for our good. Uh, and uh, we're actually going to look at 11 knots in the, pro- in, in the chapter of Proverbs 3 here. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Ch- Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1 it says, My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. Our first not is "Forget not." Um, now this chapter, Proverbs three, is full of advice, good wisdom, sound wisdom, from a father to a son. Um, really fatherly wisdom being passed down to his child. And this first verse really exhibits that. It says, "My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments." Oftentimes I'm afraid that especially this younger generation that we see growing up, um, and my generation, in fact, um, is very easy to um, put those things away that we learned. Um, They're they're very quick to take what they learned and kind of brush it aside and go their own way. Uh, And I see that time and time and time again. Someone's brought up... Uh, the way that they should go. They're brought up listening to good biblical counsel, um, but they forget it. They let those things go by the wayside. They start listening to people that seem to have it all together, and they end up forgetting those things that they learned at first. The Bible says in Psalm 119.93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Uh, I challenge the high school students in our Bible class, don't change your biblical views unless it is straight from the Bible. Don't change what you believe unless you can have very clear scriptural proof that this is uh, what you believe is contrary to the scriptures. Uh, it, is, it is so important. I will never forget thy precepts. Um, so no matter what comes our way, no matter how eloquent someone can speak, we ought to always compare the things of scripture to what we believe and make sure that it lines up with the Bible. Don't forget the things that you have learned. Don't let those things slip. The second knot is let not. Uh, and that's in verse three. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Neat verse. Um, and specifically, it's talking at the beginning of the verse about mercy and truth. And as I was studying this passage, I was thinking, okay, what's so special about mercy and truth? Why, why are those the two things that are specifically mentioned in this verse? Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. So I looked up other places in the Bible where it used the words mercy and truth. And I found a couple here um, just after a couple seconds of looking. Uh, Matthew, six, uh, sorry, Proverbs 16.6 says, by mercy. Mercy, mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. I thought that was interesting. By mercy and truth iniquity is purged. And if you think about it, that's very, very true. It's great counsel there. If I have mercy and I cling to truth, then that iniquity is going to be purged from my life. What is that truth? That truth is the word of God. We're clinging to the word of God. Do not let that forsake you, but also to have mercy. We're quick to be unmerciful, aren't we? Some of us struggle with it more than others, Um, but it's it's difficult to be merciful, especially if the person that uh, we're supposed to be showing mercy to definitely does not deserve our mercy. Sometimes that can be very difficult to show mercy when we know that we're in the right and they're in the wrong. Uh, It it can be difficult to show mercy toward that person, Um, but it is vitally important. Proverbs 20, 28 says, mercy and truth Preserve the king and his throne is upholden by mercy. Neat, neat passage, and I, I think that can apply to not only kings, but anybody that's in a leadership position. If you're in a leadership position, if, if, you are, if you're over people or you are an example to other people, which we all should be, we should be setting forth the example of mercy, because mercy preserves the king, preserves leadership. His throne is upholden by mercy. Great things to keep in mind. Um, that we need to be clinging to the truths of God's word, and we need to be merciful towards others. Don't let those things forsake you. The third knot is lean not. Let's skip down to verse five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Wonderful verse. Um, one of one of my life verses, what I would what I would term, term to be my life verse, um, talking about our trust in God and contrasting that with our own understanding. Um, We all know that God knows best for us. Well, deep down, deep down, we we all would say, "Yes, God is. Uh, God should be in control of my life." But oftentimes, leaning to our own understanding seems very, very lucrative. It, it, it seems very good for us to lean on our own understanding um, because our minds work in the way that we think is best for us. What's going to put us ahead? What's going to give us the advantage? And many times God's will for us is not exactly what we would think firsthand would be best for us. And so there's a reason that that, that Solomon makes a contrast here, because what we think is best for us, our own understanding, is often very different from what God's will is for us. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's everything that you have. And it goes without saying that we fail in this time after time after time. I can think of this own week where, (laughs) this very week where I've had some things come up. I didn't know what to do. um, And my first thought was to lean on my own understanding um, and try to figure out a way to solve the problem myself. But when it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, that means that he's the first one that you go to. He is the one that you put all of your confidence in, all of your trust, and you do not lean to your own understanding. Now, thankfully, God can use our past experiences. He can use our education. He can use the things that we've learned throughout our life to help us navigate different ways. But he should be the first one that we turn to, the first one that we put our trust in, uh, and, and not to try to do these things on our own. I'm teaching the secondary uh, Bible class, and absolutely love it, the, the senior high secondary class. Uh, we are going through a study of the Pilgrim's Progress right now, and it's, it's a neat curriculum. It takes the Pilgrim's Progress and it takes little excerpts from it, and uh, it takes biblical application and very, very practical application out of that. As we go through Pilgrim's Progress, we are seeing how Pilgrim, time and time again, was faced with leaning on his own understanding or. Trusting in the right path, uh, trusting in God's path for him. He was told at the beginning of his journey that the correct path would always be the straight and narrow way. And the incorrect path, he would know that because it's broad and and it's crooked, it's curved, it it doesn't go straight toward the celestial city. And, And it's just been neat through this whole time to watch Pilgrim because as he makes these decisions, every time he leans on his own understanding, it's a problem. He, he runs into something. He's thrown into Doubting Castle, or he falls into the slough of Despond. Uh, there's a bunch of things that happen to him whenever he relies on his own thinking. But time, as time goes on, Pilgrim learns to trust in the Lord with all his heart. Trust that path that has been set before him. And so it is with us. We need to make sure that we are following that straight and narrow path, not leaning on our own understanding. The fourth not is be not. Verse 7, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Be not wise in thine own eyes. This completely contrasts with what the world tells us to do. Uh, If you listen to Hollywood for two minutes, you're going to get the main gist of what they're trying to tell you. Believe in yourself, follow your heart, trust in yourself. Um, And that's, that's super prevalent in our world today. It is constantly thrown at us to be wise in our own eyes, completely in contrast with this verse, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I'd like to take my Bible to some of these people that write these Hollywood scripts or even, even, even Pixar and things like that. Uh, so, so, uh, most, of the, most of the movies that are coming out these days, I just want I, I to take these verses to them and show them um, Proverbs twenty six twelve. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Isaiah five twenty one Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight, and we could we could go through a hundred different verses tonight that talk about this the same thing that we are not to be wise in our own eyes. Again, what's the contrast of that? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That implies that if we are um, wise in our own eyes, we won't be fearing the Lord, and we will be in evil. Um, so it 's vitally important vitally important that we get a hold of this and put ourselves down i 'm not for this um, self talk that 's constantly trying to build build up your emotions and build yourself up and um, trust in yourself. Um, because the Bible teaches the opposite. It says you should be lowly in your own eyes. You should be humble. Um, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. He should be on the pedestal. He should be the one that we lift up. If we're going to be doing any talking of lifting up, it shouldn't be self-talk. It should be talking the Lord up. It should be glorifying God, building him up. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The fifth knot is despise not despise not um and that is down in verse 11 my son despise not the chastening of the lord neither be weary of his correction this is one that we don't really like too much despise not the chastening of the lord um think about your own life though where would you be if your parents had not chastened you if your parents had not disciplined you um some of us may have that experience firsthand where maybe you didn't have a parent that disciplined you or chastened you. Um, and it's very, very difficult to overcome that. Um, some people do, but it is very difficult to do that. Um, Revelation 3.19 says, this is God speaking, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Some of the kids are listening right now, and they say, yeah, my parents always tell me that they punish me because they love me. I don't know if I can believe that. Um, But that's what God says. That comes straight from the scriptures. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The last part of that verse is saying that because of this chastening, I'm trying to push you toward turning your ways repenting to um, be, be zealous to turn away from these evil works uh, and that's that's god's reasoning in it he does it because he loves us he wants to drive us back to the right way um, so do never despise the chastening of the lord Um, maybe, maybe you're going through something right now. You don't understand what it is. Maybe it's chastening. Maybe it's just a trial, but God has it in your life for a reason because he loves you. And I think if we looked at these times of chastening, these times of trials in that light, we would learn to trust God a lot more. God is bringing these things into my life because he loves me. So never despise the chastening of the Lord. Um, Maybe there's someone watching or someone here that you find that there's time and time and time and time again there's difficult things coming up and you don't understand why um, why God is bringing them into your lives. I'm not here to tell you tonight that it's God punishing you, but it's definitely worth looking and searching your heart and asking the Lord, God, is there a lesson that I keep failing to learn? Is that why you keep bringing these things into my life over and over? Because I just won't learn the lesson? It would, it, it would behoove you to search your heart and ask the Lord that um, if, if he would have some kind of lesson for you to learn through that chastening. He's doing it because he loves you. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Number six, fear not. Fear not. Um, verse 25, all the way down to verse 25. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Fear not. Um, Psalm 27, 1 says, "'The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid?' This is an easy time to be afraid because there 's a lot of things that humanly speaking very um, humanly speaking there 's a lot to be afraid about. Um, there's a lot going on in our country right now. There's sickness, there's disease, there's death. Uh, There's so many things that are coming our way, and it's easy to be afraid. That's our natural instinct. Um, But God has a great message for us this evening that we do not have to be afraid. We have Jesus Christ within us. We have a Heavenly Father, as we were talking about the other night, a Heavenly Father who says, "'Fear not, I will hold thy right hand.'" saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. We have a God that says, don't be afraid. I have everything under control. And we know that, but putting that into practice can be difficult sometimes. Um, Fear not. God is completely in control. Stay with me. I know we're jumping around a lot because there's a lot of topics that are getting hit under these. Um, But uh, I encourage you, seek out your heart and make sure that there's one or two things that you can take with you tonight. I think there's I think there's something for us all in these different knots of Proverbs chapter three. Fear not. Number seven is withhold not. Withhold not. Uh, verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thy hand to do it. Uh, neat verse. Galatians six ten says, as we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Um, I love our church for this. As uh, Very, very shortly, actually, <laughs> before we even arrived at this church, we were, uh, we, we were just struck with the fact that people here at Fostoria love to help. They will not withhold good. They, they love helping. They love getting involved and being a blessing. Um, I think of two gentlemen that came all the way to Pennsylvania to help us move move luggage over to our apartment when, before we moved here. Uh, and just time after time after time, people that have given of their time, given other resources to help. Uh, we have a great church here. But I'd encourage you, if you're not one of those people, if you don't get involved in that way, this is a great time to change that because you'll never be sorry that you gave of yourself for the church. Let's read that verse again. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. It's saying that we should be doing good, especially to people that are that are Christians, especially to those that are brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be seeking to be a blessing to them, to do good to those people. So withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Um, it's a great way to get involved to um i know we i know we talk a lot about unity in the church but it's a great way to establish that unity you don't you don't feel like you fit into our church you don't feel like um, the church is giving you the fellowship that you need, start giving of yourself. Start, start giving um, of yourself toward people in the church, toward, toward those that are in need, and you'll soon find that you have a lot of friends. <laughs> you'll soon find that you're starting to um, build that unity with other people. Don't expect unity to come to you amongst your giving of yourself in order to access that unity in the church. Withhold not. Number eight, say not. Say not. That's in verse 28. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. I think this can apply to two different areas. Um, Again, we're talking about um, someone comes to you in need, or maybe you just realize that there is a need, and you have the power to fulfill that need, but you are too lazy, or you're too selfish to give toward that need. Uh, it could be something physical. It could be a need that somebody has that's very evident, or even someone that comes to you in need. Um, what kind of person are you? Are, are you going to live by this advice and, and give toward that? Or are you going to say, well, maybe tomorrow, may, may, maybe maybe next week. We'll, we'll see how things turn out. If I have enough time, maybe I'll help. Uh, or, or are you giving of yourself? to meet that need. Uh, it could be a physical thing. It could also be a spiritual, um, some spiritual good that you could do. I think of sharing the gospel. You see the need around you. You see that there are people, maybe coworkers, maybe maybe people that you meet while you're out that need the gospel, and you have it with you. You could give it, but you say, maybe next time. Maybe next time I'll give that. I think that's a great application of this verse. Um, you have the truth. You have what's going to transform their lives completely. But are we saying, are, are we giving of that? Or are we saying maybe later, maybe tomorrow I'll give that gospel out? Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You don't know if that coworker is going to have another day to live. You don't know if you will have another day to live. Let's do our very, very best to serve the Lord with everything we have now, to give of ourselves right now, um, so that we won't be ashamed someday when we stand before God. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again. Number nine, devise not. Devise not. Verse 29 Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. This is an interesting one. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Um, We live in a day when it is, many people describe it as fun to bring someone hurt or to bring someone discomfort. Um, to bring someone humiliation, to to, to make fun of somebody, uh, that's described as fun by many people in our world right now. Um, mischievousness is smiled upon, but you know the Bible speaks against that. the The Bible says that we are not to cause difficulty for other people, even if it's in the even even if it's for the for the case of having fun. Uh, we are not to. Um, cause difficulty, or as this verse says, devising evil against a neighbor uh, against someone else that we know um, and I wonder if i I, I know it 's uh, many times it 's younger people that that do struggle with this, um, but I wonder if you 've thought before about how your testimony is affected when you do that i 'm not saying it 's bad to have a good time Uh, there there is a place and a time for practical jokes and things but the importance of the issue here is keeping your testimony for christ the importance is to not drive people away from god and in all reality if you look at what you're doing if you look at this mischievous nature is it glorifying to god or is it detracting from the spiritual impact that you can have Oh, so important thing to think about: every action that we do is recorded. Every action that we do, whether it be good or whether it be evil,'ll we'll give an account of it. Um, so let's make sure that all of our actions are bringing glory to God, or bringing others closer to God, um, are, are pleasing to God in every way. Um, Proverbs Proverbs six twelve to fifteen says a naughty person a wicked man walketh with walketh with a froward mouth he winketh with his eyes he speaketh with his feet he teacheth with his fingers frowardness is in his heart he deviseth he deviseth mischief continually he soweth discord therefore shall his calamity come suddenly suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Um, quite the condemnation toward the mischievous person, quite the condemnation to him that is, as this verse terms it, a naughty person, um, someone who is always devising different things. Um, so let's not, let's not be that kind of a Christian. Let's be a good testimony, one that is constantly driving people toward the Lord. One that, one that is, um, having a good Christian testimony for God. Number 10, Strive not strive not that's in verse 30 verse 30 it says strive not with a man without cause if he have done thee no harm strive not with a man without cause if he have done thee no harm proverbs seventeen fourteen says the beginning of strife is as one uh, is as when one letteth out water therefore leave off contention before it be meddled with this is a really neat verse, um, and don't take me 100% that I know everything about this verse, but when I read this verse, let me read it again. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. I think of, I think of like a, a dam that's holding back water and making a little hole in that dam, letting a little bit of water through. And what happens when we start letting a little bit of water through, it it continues to widen and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon there's a torrent that we can't stop. And I love that word picture because this this is perfectly describing the strife that we have with other people. If we are nitpicking little things, even if it doesn't seem like a big thing, but if we are causing a little bit of strife with someone else, that is going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it won't stop until we are willing to humble ourselves. And the longer that that strife goes along, the more difficult it is to humble ourselves. It becomes very difficult to hu- humiliate yourself, say, I, I, I'm sorry, we need to stop this. Um, so the best option is never to put the whole and the dam. Now, never, to, never to start the argument. Always be a peacemaker. I've been reading in my personal devotions um, about Abraham recently. And um, how he was a great peacemaker. I was actually just reading today about his, um, his the conflict between his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. Um, and how Abraham came up with a solution that they needed to part ways. And it wasn't easy for Abraham to do that. Um, first of all, he had to humble himself and come to the realization that, hey, I can't handle this problem. We need to part ways. And then he, on top of that, he gave the choice to Lot, which way Lot would, have him have, would like to go. Lot chose the more fertile area. Abraham was stuck with the less fertile area. Um, and it, it, didn't, it didn't quite seem fair to Abraham that he had to do this. But Abraham was willing to do that because he wanted to be a peacemaker. He saw his own comforts as less in compared to being a peacemaker and stopping the strife that was among them, and that 's the way it should be, even with us, even if we have to become a little bit uncomfortable, even if we have to take second seat um, it 's always worth it to try to strive for peace whenever it 's biblically possible to have that peace whenever whenever uh, Yes, we need to stand up for what's right. Yes, we need to stand by the scriptures. Um, But when we can make peace with a brother, maybe they're the one that's causing the strife. Um, But don't feed that. Don't, Don't widen that hole in the dam. Make sure that you're being a peacemaker like Abraham was. Lastly, number 11, envy not. Envy not. That's verse 31. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Through this whole chapter, we see um, a lot of different types of people, don't we? We see people that are causing mischief. We see people that are causing strife. Uh, many, many people, the um, different types are, are shown in this chapter. And oftentimes, when we are going about our daily lives, it's easy to envy those people a little bit. Some people that have lived all their life for money, they've gone after their own ways, they've led, they've led, They've leaned on their own understanding, and they have a lot. Some of these people are wealthy. Some of these people are popular. Some of these people are very, very important and respected. And it's easy sometimes to envy those people that have gone their own way, and they seem to have succeeded. But what does this verse say? Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. Don't be envious of the wicked." Never be envious of someone who seems to have it all, or they, they seem to have great authority, and you wish that you were in their spot. Um, and as this verse says, maybe they're oppressive. Maybe that's why they've gotten to that point. Uh, of their wealth or their leadership, their authority. Don't envy those people. Uh, Don't choose any of their ways. If someone has gotten to a place of leadership and respect and they have done it... wickedly. They've done it out of wickedness. Don't, don't copy what they've done in order to climb the ladder. Don't copy what they've done to try to become more respected because it won't work. You're a Christian. Um, God has called you to a higher calling, not to be respected by men, but to glorify God, you've been given a higher calling to reach men for Jesus Christ, and that's greater than anything that other person will ever accomplish. Until he or she is saved, they they will never be able to find true happiness and true peace out of their lives. Proverbs twenty four nineteen to twenty. Fret not thyself because of envy, me- evil men. Neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man the candle of the wicked shall be put out there, <laughs> that's strong language there uh, there shall be no reward to the evil man the candle of the wicked shall be put out yes he may have earthly rewards he may be able, he, he may be able to stand up and say i have accomplished a lot in my life but he does has he has no spiritual rewards he, he has no lasting rewards, and someday that person's going to spend eternity in either heaven or hell, and, and none of the things that he gained on this earth will be worth anything if he did it for himself. So don't be that person. Don't be the person who's constantly leaning on your own understanding, and don't envy the people that do that, but realize that you are gaining spiritual rewards by living for God. Someday you'll be so thankful in heaven that you did that. Just as a parent wants the best for his child, so God wants the very, very best for us. Yes, there's a lot of nots in Scripture. There's a lot of no's in Scripture. There's a lot of things that God tells us not to do, but they're all for our good. It's because God wants the very, very best for us. Um, So I challenge you, review these things um, on your own time. Um, And I'll, I'll hit them again real quick. Forget not. Lean not on your own understanding. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Be not. um, Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Withhold not good. Say not, go and come again. Tomorrow I'll give it to you. Devise not evil against your neighbor. Uh, Strive not and envy not the wicked man, or the oppressor. And I think if we take these things to heart, these knots to heart, I think we will find a very blessed life. I think we will find a very happy and fulfilled life in God uh, following the wisdom of Solomon to his son. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Father, we are we are so thankful tonight for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness to us. And, um Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you've provided for us through the wisdom of Solomon. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would continue to grow our church. As we talked about unity tonight, Lord, I I pray that we would see that, that we would find that unity um, because of our willingness to give of ourselves. Lord, would you work in, in our leadership here in the church as well? Help us to be worthy of following. Um, and I pray that we would not lean on our own understanding. I pray that our church would just continue to grow and become more like you, Lord, to love and to, to live for you in every way possible. We do thank you for this evening. Again, we pray for those that are uh, struggling and sick now. I pray that you would encourage their hearts and lift them up, those that have lost loved ones. Um, And Lord, once again, I want to thank you for our veterans today. Um, Thank you so much for our nation, the men and women that made it possible for us to be free today. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.